Good day, my fellow Safer at Home listeners. It is Cooper, and the Welcome to Cooperville podcast is brought to you by my friends at Midwest Meals. Still fully operational for that meal prep. Check it off the list where they have like 13 rotating meals with all of the information on them, all your macros, the things you need to know to stay and maintain and even get healthier through this uh, little sitch that we're all going through right now. Check them out online, midwestmeals.com. They ship nationwide. So no matter where you are listening to this podcast, unless, of course, you're not in the continental United States, you can have Midwest Meals delivered right to your house. You just got to go to the website, put your order in for the week, get it in by Friday, and they will ship it out on Monday, and your meals are set for the week. It's easy, convenient, and uh, we all need a little uh, convenience, I think, at this point. By the way, use promo code COOPER at checkout and get 10% off your first order at MidwestMeals.com. Also, much love to my Violent Gentleman Hockey Club friends. They have the Enforce Social Distancing uh, gear out right now, which you have got to check out at violentgentleman.com. It's, uh, it, it really has a vibe to it that I think a lot of us would like to uh, portray in a less softy-soft uh, mm, soft kind of way. Violentgentleman.com. Promo code, by the way, at checkout is Cooperville15 for 15% off that order with Violent Gentleman. And Monster Energy, Rain Body Fuel, getting us through each and every single day of safer at home, as they call it here in the great state of Wisconsin, which has been extended. We'll talk about that during this podcast. We need the energy. You need to be able to keep up with the kid. You got to be able to stay motivated and stay after it and and grow during this time. And uh, Monster Energy and Rain Body Fuel, give me the energy to do just that. Find them at your local and still open convenience and or grocery store. Hashtag Monster Podcast. This was fun. Uh, For those of you who don't know, the podcast has extended. Now, obviously, you're listening to the audio version, but we are now doing it live on Twitch. Uh, So my buddy Nixon was the first to jump on the Twitch stream. We did that, and uh, the video is on YouTube. You can check that out as well to get a little uh, visual stimulation as well as audio stimulation. But great conversation with a a longtime friend, uh, known him for many years uh, through the things that he's been through, the things that I've been through. Uh, We've always uh, maintained contact, and uh, great to catch up with, uh, with Nixon from Framing Hanley. They have a new record out. We talk about that. We talk about going through all this quarantine, social distancing stuff. It is a fantastic epic episode of the podcast it starts right now welcome to cooperville the welcome to cooperville podcast on demand anywhere quality podcasts are available subscribe get updates feel better about your life welcome to cooperville.com welcome to cooperville Make sure you use a coaster. So welcome to Cooperville Podcast and live on the Twitch, Cooper Nixon from Framing Hanley. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. Uh, living the dream right now, man. It's a weird fucking dream that we're all living, isn't it? It is very, very, very weird. Uh, I've come to realize that the last like six weeks, however long this has been now, what is that? Uh... 42 Mondays at least. Um, I've come to realize how much I fucking hate the term trying times. Like, like I just we just hear that these trying times. It's like, no, these are fucking bullshit times. Like, get out of here with the trying time shit. Yeah, and I'm you know you try to find something to like compare it to, so it can be like, oh yeah, let's reference that. But there's no point right. of reference. I mean, there is, 
but that was before like electricity. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was hanging out with the kid, with my kids the other day, and was just like, "You don't understand. Like one day you're gonna look back and remember this, you know." But at the same time, you try to downplay it as a parent when they're your the kids are the age my kids are because right. uh, you don't want them getting freaked out. Like uh, they've been like begging for a Nintendo Switch for forever, and uh, you know they're sold out everywhere. So I was like, "I'll get a Nintendo Switch Lite, whatever. We can play each other on Fortnite. That'll be cool." And like they were so stoked, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go pick it up at Target." And like they're all freaked out to go to the store. And right. I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm also not being a good parent here to say let's go to the store together, guys." So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, I'm ready for for the end of all this, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think that that's anywhere in the near future if, if we're playing this smart. So who knows? I, we're not fucking doctors, so that's not why you invited me on here tonight. Well. It- I probably value your opinion more than some of the, uh, the Facebook experts that are out there, which I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I had a, I had a conversation with an actual doctor on the podcast, like right in the first couple of weeks that, that this thing kind of launched off. And it was, it's all about like really stepping back from what you ingest from the information that's coming out. Because if you start to, uh, watch the news and you start watching it in the morning and you start watching it at noon and you start watching all the updates and we have local updates. We got County updates. We got, you know, down like down the block updates, you know, my neighbor down the right. blocks like, Hey, I just want to <laughs> let you know I'm making masks. And if you want one, here's a flower print. Cause I don't know, matches my style. But if you start to like over ingest all that stuff, you have no idea what actually the fuck is going on. It is just a cluster of like, uh, wait, what can we not do? Like, can we walk outside? Can we breathe fresh right. air? I'm not sure. Right. I mean, uh, you know, when this all started, uh, you know, I jumped on my soapbox. Like, it was, I don't want to say I took it lightly because I always knew that this was a serious deal when people were mm-hmm. downplaying it. And it was like, you know, they were turning into, as always, everything else, uh, a right versus left thing. And they're right. like, no, this is, I think this could be a big deal. And then, you know, you had the people who were like, well, it's not going to be any worse than the flu, brother. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I got in arguments with people about that, but I like had a little running gag on social media. I'm sure you saw the coronavirus expert mm-hmm. where it's like, I, you know, that was the thing that I was playing. And then it starts becoming a big deal. And, you know, I realized that like, I kind of, I don't want to say that I have a responsibility because I'm not, again, I'm not a doctor and I don't know anything more than, than you do or any, you know, our fans do, but, uh, you know, I, I've never been one to bite my tongue about stuff and I call, you know, bullshit when I, I, I see bullshit. And, uh, there was an argument on, on, on my Facebook page about like, we got to open up the, the economy. And this was like, dude, this is like three days after we shut things down, you know? Right. So I'm like, dude, that's just, that's ignorance. Like there are people out there that are going to die if we do that. And then it looks like I'm, it's an about face, like, you know, a six week dude, I'm, I apologize by the way, this dude keeps direct messaging me about our damn podcast and I can't turn off the notifications on my computer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like six weeks later, I, um, you know, I'm like, well, we can't keep doing what we're doing. Like, this isn't working. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but this isn't solving anything. Uh, it, it's creating more hardships. And then, you know, I, I think we found out quick the, uh, the cost of, of, uh, humanity or like how important we are when, when the price of oil starts to tank and then all of a sudden they're like, open everything back oh, up. Wait a minute. So open we need that- back up. Go get that money. We need yeah, that money back. Exactly. Yeah, it's you know, it, and it's so, 
and, and you get it. You got you got the parent vibe thing going on. It's a weird, it's a weird conversation you have to have when nobody understands their head from their ass at this point. You know, you don't have a um, uh, when you have like our state, uh, Wisconsin. We just shut down uh, last Friday. I think we got last Thursday or Friday. We got the update that we're we're on safer at home. You guys uh, just started that last. No, 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 week? no. We got extended. Oh. We got okay, extended. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we were we were supposed to be originally. Um, uh, it was mid March. It was day. It was the day after St. Patty's Day, I guess, officially that it became safer at home. Um, but then it was supposed to go till the twenty fourth of April. We just mm-hmm. got extended till May twenty sixth. So another month plus here. Oh, here they they announced yesterday like. They're easy. I mean, I know Nashville proper is going to have stricter regulations, obviously with shit like Broadway and stuff. Right. But uh, yeah, they're they're letting it expire. I think as early as this Friday. I think I think I was reading today. One of my buddies sent over a text that was talking about um, movie theaters as early as next week are back open. Um, hmm. it, it's a fine line too, man. Because yeah. again, man, everybody's watching this, and this is the last thing they want to hear us talking about right, right. now. But it's like. You know, it's also the uh, the reality that a lot of these businesses are going to open up thinking that they're going to alleviate a lot of the stresses that are being, um, you know, that, that are being felt uh, because of what we've lived for the last six weeks. But the reality is people aren't just people are smarter than that. And they're not just going to go out and, you know, fill up these restaurants. So it's 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 going to be the fine line of how much does that help? Because then you're incurring more of an operating cost. If you are, you know, full fledged go, and you're paying your staff, and then you're not bringing anything in because the numbers are down. I mean, dude, for us, like, I don't know what the fuck happens now. You know, not no one in the music industry does, but it's like it is the ultimate framing Hanley luck, dude. That you work three years on a fucking album, first album you put out in six years, and then the world shuts down like two weeks later, and you're just like, oh, of course, this is how this happens. So, um. Yeah, man, we 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 did the album release show, you know, back in February here mm-hmm. in Nashville, and uh, one of the greatest nights, like in my professional career, probably the top night. Just it felt so good after after you know being away for so long to be up there with a new album, you know, sold out room, and mm-hmm. like seeing a lot of faces that have been there in Nashville, um, shit all over the world. Really, people came to that show that we hadn't seen, and, and you know that we had seen from the beginning up until that point, you know, that many years later. And then uh, we're so stoked to get on the, on the road and play some shows. And then this happens. And now it's just like, I made the joke the other day with the band where I was like, everybody's going to come out of this with like new albums. And we're going to come out of this sounding like we need to relearn our album because <laughs> we're not rehearsing right now either. That's it's the music industry. I mean, I being, being a, a step back part of it for, for two decades and I think watching from a different perspective now that I'm out, uh, you know, at least of the, the radio aspect of it and just watching how big this year was lined up to be with albums, with fuck every, every band that hadn't done anything, uh, hadn't toured was like blowing up January, Feb, you know, it was just, it was all over everything. Like, yeah. MCR, uh, uh, rage, rage, all yeah. those bands, yeah. I mean, all, all doing, all doing the the reunions and getting back together and stuff, and then it's just it, the excitement was like crazy because you had people like selling off body parts to you know, like, well, I got a you know, 
I need that kidney. So I'm going to sell that shit off so I can get tickets to every fucking show that's coming out this year. And, you know, to have all this happen and, and uh, the long lasting effects of this, because, you know, especially when you look at, I, I love an intimate venue. I love, you know, the close quarters. I know that bands love that, that, that vibe that you get. I'm, I'm just, I'm picturing that Nashville show, just, you know, bodies, uh, close proximity, singing back songs and stuff. And what does the world look like, you know, after that, you know, when they, I, I you know, it, it's, I don't want to speculate or, or you know, give my Nostradamus uh, two cents in there, but man, it's, it's scary, man. It's a, like, that's the reality is like, we don't want to bum out all the viewers right man, now. No, no, we're not. When they listen to this, but it, the reality is, is like, it, it, we can't even fully comprehend the extent that we could see with this thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I remember R Rogan uh, pr pretty soon after this talking on his pod about like how this could have a lasting effect to the point where we don't see arena shows. You know, we're talking about the, the small venues right now, right. but like to a degree, is it worse when it's fucking 10,000 people, 15,000 people, you know, mm -hmm. shoulder to shoulder, um, you know, and then you're, you're, uh, we're obviously going to have entertainers, they're going to look at this and be like, I just don't ever want to do that again. There's yeah. no reason that, you know, I, I've had my, my fun 30 years, like no reason for me to do that anymore. I'll, I'll just, you know, um, one thing I hope is with the, you know, where we're at with technology, um, you know, that we see it, I think it was, it was Cadillac three. I was watching a live stream they were doing and they were talking about like, you know, the problems with performing live for your fans on, on things like zoom and, mm. and shit like that. It's like, there's a latency and you don't understand, like a lot of people don't understand the issues that causes for an artist when they're performing, but they're hearing the guitar like at a different time than it actually is. And then right. you as a listener, you're just going to go crazy with that. So it'd be dope if during all this, maybe some, you know, kid somewhere is sitting around and, and figures out a way like a, a new platform to where we can pull off a live performance and not sound like shit. But we're in the same boat that the Cadillac three said was mm. just like, we don't want to do that because we don't want to sound like shit to these people. Like right. it's one thing if, if me, if I pick up an acoustic right now and do it, I mean, that's still going to sound like shit cause it's me playing acoustic, but it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit better than hearing it coming at four different times from different angles. And then you, you guys are like, God, this band should have stayed broken up. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Their, their timing is shit. What the fuck, yeah. man? These guys need to get back and practice that new record. It's like the framing Hanley shreds. Oh God. <laughs> Remember those videos? <laughs> the green shreds. Man, I miss the old days sometimes. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's you and I have been kind of a, a bouncing just back and forth uh, via text and stuff uh, for a, uh, for a while, kind of through this stuff. And, um, I think it's you know, just to, to get to technology and what it has brought, try to put a positive kind of vibe into this is from a, from a fan perspective, I think seeing artists from a different angle than maybe you've ever gotten a chance to before is, is mm -hmm. really special for fans. I think you do draw into that uniqueness of, uh, you know, seeing a guy like you go on and, and, and talk about, talk about football and talk about other things and, um, and see artists that are, that are doing acoustic things, uh, solo acoustic things in their living room. You know, it's like this, uh, the veil of artists, uh, at, at many different levels being behind the, behind the curtain, you know, in, in Oz, and you don't get a chance to see what they look like, you know, what, what it's like in real life for them. But, you know, with Instagram live and other um, places that people can go, I think that's been kind of a, a, 
a plus thing and, and some have been able to monetize it, which is as an artist, I know that you, you know, that's, that's always a, a beneficial thing, but I, I mean, that's also like a dude, that's a, a thing straight up that like it, you walk a fine line too, when you put mm-hmm. out a new album and you have these expenses and shit that, you know, yeah. you, you've incurred on, on a recoup but you don't want to fucking go on there and be like, Hey, we've got a, a merch store full of merch right now. Order our merch. Cause you know, the reality is a lot of your fans have lost their jobs. Yeah. And, and yeah, this is like a, you know, a source of there, there, you have to generate revenue when you have a new album. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the way it works. Like there's money that needs to be recouped and it's not even about making money as much as it is like taking care of costs and shit like that. But it's like it, you, it, you have to, I don't know. It's, there's a human level too, where it's just like, man, it's not, you know, one of the first things I think is stage it. They used to be an online thing where you could do live performance and it does sound better on there. Um, we talked in the past about doing acoustic things on there and then this happens and we're like, Oh, it'd be perfect to do that. And you know, people pay whatever they want to come see it. And then you see all these huge artists that are doing it for free. And it's like, well, we can't charge somebody to come do that. If we're going to do that, we should just do it for free as well. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's just a crazy time right now. And like at this point, like, you know, these are like little TMI conversations. I'm sure a label would get pissed about, but it's like, we've even discussed like, are we going to re-release this album? Maybe record a few new songs and mm-hmm. put it out again, just so it is, you know, and as much as it sucks to, to say that, or that it, the shitty feeling I get saying that because it, you know, I don't want it to feel like we're just, it, that it's about some like, Hey, it's about this, but right. it, it is comforting to know that like this whole industry is going to be just trying to fucking figure it out Yeah, because we weren't the only band affected. We weren't the only entertainer affected. And like at the end of the day, fuck the entertainer side. Like we weren't the only humans affected by this. Like we lucked out. Like I, you know, I have a career outside of music to where I've been fortunate enough to where I am working remotely and I, you know, I'm, I'm providing for my family. Um, so yeah, it's like, a. I, I try to look at it as, you know, with the, the glass half full mentality. Um, but it's yeah. really easy. You know, the more you're just sitting at home to, to, to sulk about it all, but it, you know, it could be worse, man. And that's what I keep telling myself is it can be a lot worse. Absolutely. And, uh, let's, well, we'll, we'll flip the script. We'll go back to, uh, to, to you and I, uh, in our, uh, the, the longest interview I've ever done in my entire 20 year radio career, but actually it started before that. And it's a story I told you and it's a story I always love telling because it really, it, it gave me, I think the first feeling of having, uh, I don't want to say having some influence in, in music just because I was at, I was at a music festival. This was probably shit. It was, it was a while ago, like 10, 15 years. I don't know. I'm not going to age myself, but (laughs) I will. Um, And somebody had, uh, we were at a camp, we were at a music festival and somebody had a a mix CD because mixtapes were out by then. Uh, For you kids who don't know what mixtapes are, watch, uh, watch some eighties movies. You'll get it. (laughs) But, uh, so somebody had this, uh, this kind of mix CD, a bunch of rock stuff on there and, uh, and a framing Hanley song came on and I was, uh, middle of, you know, early middle radio career. I was like, who the fuck, who the, who's, who's, who is this? I've never, I had never at that point being in, in like mainstream rock radio heard of, heard of you guys yet. Mm-hmm. And so my apologies, uh, for that, but I, bl- <laughs> I blame, I blame the radio industry, um, 
I blame them for a lot of shit. Yeah, so. that, me too. But that's probably a, that's a different show with a different group of viewers. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, the song was "Hear Me Now." Uh, it was the first time I had ever heard it, and I asked the person who had it. I said, "Can you, can I borrow this CD when we're done with this? You know, four days of uh, debauchery, and and take it back to the station and and rip the song off of it." And I added it the Monday I got back. I added "Hear Me Now" right like that, and it yeah. went in, it went into rotation. Started doing uh, my research on you guys, and in, in, a, in a short time after that, uh, through connections, through uh, labels, whatever, we ended up doing a like Nixon takeover of uh, the radio station I was on. And dude, we fucking covered every time. I'm not even sure if there was a topic we missed. At, I mean, we he went. A lot of it was about football. It was a that. lot about football on a rock station. It was great. Man. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was uh, it was the day before my birthday. Yep. Um, and my my birthday marked the beginning. It was that Sunday of week one of the the NFL season, September seventh, and we had, I think we did the, we did radio, and then I think the day off in Eau Claire, to where I just got a hotel room and I was I told the guys I was like yo yo y'all can do whatever y'all want to do, <laughs> I'm just, it's my birthday. I don't want to get, I don't want to party. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit my ass here, watch red zone on my computer and watch wow. whatever game I can get on the TV and just be a fantasy football, like degenerate for the day. Um, which it's only gotten worse since then. But, uh, yeah, dude, that was, that was one of my, for sure, a, a top, probably maybe my favorite, uh, radio visit that I've ever done. A lot of times, yeah, viewers, I don't know if they get it, but like there's a game that you play mm -hmm. and it's like, obviously we're, we're very fortunate to reach uh, levels of success that we did reach over the years. And a lot of that was due to the fact that, you know, we did play that game uh, with mm -hmm. the radio and you know, the whole, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But like, right. it was instrumental, especially for a band like us looking like, you know, five punk ass emo kids, <laughs> but trying to approach radio at a time when they weren't playing bands like a day to remember or bring me the horizon. Nope like us back then um and, and which is another conversation in itself that mm. at, at the identity crisis now that that rock radio has but which is great i, I love it for those two bands those are two perfect examples and i prevail yeah. another one where it's just like when we were doing this 13 years ago they wouldn't touch us it was like the uh it was it was always a, a running joke that like we were too emo for uh like active rock or, or the new metal crowd and then you know we'd go out with uh you know, we try to get on some of those tours with some of the bands that we stylistically uh, sounded more like and even looked more like and our fan bases uh, were more akin to. And they were like, well, those guys are too new metal. So it was like we were always that that fine line of like we could tour over here with Theory of Dead Man, which we did, mm. um, you know, Three Days Grace and then tour over here with Good Charlotte and, uh, right. you know, Skrillex's old band. Like so it was, it was always interesting. But um, that that day that we came in sta the station, I'd already played that game enough too at that point to where, you know, I was like, I'll, I'll jet when I want to jet. Like I'll do like what we're going to go in, make nice, nice. And like, yeah, man, I, you're a fucking cool dude. I appreciated that. Like we had a good conversation, a, a, a connection that was went beyond just radio. And you can, I'm sure you feel that from your end too. When, when you would have artists in there where you're like, this guy doesn't want to be there. And I always try to walk into it stoned as hell uh, with a good <laughs> open mind of right. like, whatever, man. Cause I mean, dude, I can't tell you. And it happened in Wisconsin. We got a radio uh, DJ fired on accident 
just cause I can, you know, we had been up, like we were on a fucking bender the night before, mm-hmm. like got out of the, the venue at like three o'clock and have like radio in the next town at like 9am, you know, Oof. and you're like, uh, and it, it, lollipop was the single at the time. So we, they wanted us to come in and play lollipop acoustic, which, Hey, spoiler alert, doesn't work out very well. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't um, have the same vibe. So we went in there and he was like, I remember he said something about jupe jupe instead of jerp jerp. Um, he asked like if what I wrote that lyric about and I was just like, yo, this guy doesn't know anything about us. And he brought <laughs> us in this early in the morning to play this song and to have an interview. So when I left, I called our label. I was like, don't ever fucking schedule me something like that again. Like, and yeah, he ended up, dude, I felt for years, dude, Coop, between you and I, like I felt so shitty about this because he he got fired and he was going through some rough shit and it turned out his wife was pregnant the future of the station was like in jeopardy there is a happy ending to this like that he ended up landing another station uh and one of the last radio festivals we played was a festival they put on and it was in a it was in fucking a green bay uh green bay dude right across one of the coolest moments in my career because you know how i'm about football i do we played this festival out outdoor in this parking lot that was right across the street from lambeau field and like after what after we went to some diner and like we're walking in in the parking lot of lambeau field just all lit up from the stadium and you're just it's the mecca you know like you, you don't realize how spoiled you are being up there but like it was just like one of those like oh shit so and he and I just he he and I talked and we talked about the whole situation and like uh, obviously he was instrumental in bringing us to that that festival in the first place so it ended well but like yeah man like it, there were so many of those instances where it was just like this guy doesn't care about having this conversation you know give canned responses and that the, the visit with you that day was anything but and that's why you know we stayed in there. Um, and the band, I remember when I left, everybody's like, what the hell took so long? I was like, dude, that was just a fun conversation that we had. Yeah, the bu- the bus set out, out front like the whole time and we were in yeah. there. It was like, it was three or four hours that we just kind of went on and we, you know, we threw the threw songs out and then in the, uh, in the breaks, we would just kind of talk about random shit that popped up and yeah, but there's definitely, I mean, from, uh, from old radio guy perspective, there's always that, um, which took me a long time to learn because yeah, I'm I'm a music fan and I uh, admire those who have the ability to do you know what you do and and those who play instruments do and can get up and do it every night. So yeah, there was moments where I was I don't want to say starstruck, but I was you know your heart palpitates a little bit faster than normal and uh, but yeah, there's a vibe when somebody walks into a room that like yeah this motherfucker is like. Mm. Right. Don't care. You have eight minutes. Uh, you better ask about the new record, the tour. Right. Uh, I had a chance, uh, and this was probably my scariest moment in in twenty year, twenty one years of radio. Um, it was at Rockfest, and I was I was blessed with the opportunity uh, as as a music fan to to interview Kiss, and. And it's it was a jumbotron interview, so it's it's you really have like sixty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, cool. I can rattle for sixty seconds. I I I know there's some guys in Kiss that like to talk. <laughs> I'm sure they'll you know they'll take it, and I'll do the uh, metal horns, and everybody will be jacked up and fire, and will happen. So right before I'm going in uh, to the interview room, uh, there's a a, a lady uh, who I. 
uh, Vicky, who I love, she's a does videos, does video uh, stuff for for festivals and, and events all over the country, and huge Kiss fan. And she's like, and I'm not sure yet if she did it because she wanted to like as a joke or if she was being legit. But she was like, I know these guys. If you don't know everything about the new record, if you know everything about you know the new stage setup, if you know everything about you know. Um, and it like just like butthole clench, like like pucker factor <laughs> yeah. ten. It was right. just insane. And then and then they all walk in and in full costume, of course. So they're nine fucking feet tall. <laughs> and and I'm you know I'm I'm six foot on a good day. And I was like, wow, these guys really have no interest in being here. And I'm just like, yeah, kiss. <laughs> yeah. And I just I just put the mic in front of Gene and just let him go. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that stage performance is going to be the best thing you've ever seen. Greatest show on earth. And you know, Paul's like, yeah. Paul says, and this was, I, this just flashed into my mind. He goes, we're sorry that the stage here isn't big enough. You should come and see us in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, I have managed to piss off like eight people in this conversation. This is amazing, including the festival I'm currently working for. Ladies and gentlemen, kids, come to the stage. But there's there's always a vibe when people walk in. And the, the, the cool thing that I got to experience, the latter side of that, is meeting guys like you, and there's there's very few others that are like tangible human beings, like that are real outside of talking about the 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 next tour talking about anything else, you know, they're, they're interactive. They like, Oh, Hey dude, cool. Like love the tats, blah, blah, blah. Like there, right. there's a, there's an actual human element to it, but they're, they're few and far between. And I'll, and in that, yeah, but I also feel like, um, at least me, even on the, the artist side, like coming in contact with those other artists that I feel like are more like me in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, those are lasting impressions, man, that you take yeah. away and you're just like, they're, they're fucking good people. Um, you know, Dustin from Starset was one of those people. Yeah. I believe they were on that tour. The when we came through and did that, uh, did that stop in the station with you, they were a little unknown band at the time. And yeah. I, I just remember like watching it and just being like, God, man, these, these guys get it. Dustin gets it. Like he had this vision for what he was going to do. And I mean, look at them right now. One of the biggest things in the rock industry and like deservedly so. And he's, he was a sweetheart, man. Like he, yeah. He treated people like humans. Um, and it, yeah, those were the people that we gravitated to. You know, I can't, what you were saying about Kiss, like you, you feel that as an artist with other artists too sometimes. Yeah. Like when I can't tell you when you're doing package tours or, uh, you know, a, a festival type tour, it's not just a festival, but like when they want you guys to be doing, uh, you know, all the front men or front women as well, mm-hmm. doing interviews every day together with the radio station. And it's just like, seeing the way that they would approach it. Some of these artists to, you know, compared to the way that I would approach it. And it's just like, again, I was never about like, you know, yeah, we'd play the game and then like scratch it, but it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jerk you off, man, to get you to play my song. Like, it's like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not, it wasn't anything like that to where right. it's just like, I don't need you. Like, yes, we can use you, but like we, we made a good living and mm-hmm. a good career with not as much radio success as a lot of other bands had, but like, I always knew that like I had that human element to me that cause I am just a fucking human dude. And that's, that's one thing that I know that our fan base can say about us, you know, right. I can't tell you for how long 
on tours when artists would be the other bands on tours with us would be like, you guys still going to merge after the show? You guys are bigger than that and shit like that. And it's like, well, there is no bigger than that. Like, yeah, I, I get it. It's different when you're doing arenas right. and there's 15,000 people and you can't go out there and you just, the UK was like that for us where sometimes it would be dangerous going out to merch and like, mm. it's a little area where merch is and like, you just get swarmed and, you know, people would like pass out from heat exhaustion and shit. Like I've, I've seen that kind of shit, yeah. but we're not kiss, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it, like I, if anything, if I can go back to our merch table and, and personally, whether you fucking want to buy a t-shirt or not, like mm. if I can personally shake your hand, I, I don't know about that now, maybe elbow bump <laughs> air, going forward. But, like, air yeah, high five. It, but like, if we could personally thank you for spending your money, mm. you know, you're, you're out working a nine to five and you're, you're coming out on a Friday night shit sometimes on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, uh, you know, when we were touring full time to see, you know, what we always refer to ourselves as five punk ass kids from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, that's the least I could do, man. Like I, I experienced in the last almost 15 years now, um, I, I lived my dream and I never lost the fact that like the reality of, of knowing where I came from, and, uh, you know, just like, I, I'm just, I'm fortunate that I, I create shit that people care about. Like, because other than that, it's like, there's nothing different about me from you, from, you know, these people watching right now shit, they probably create shit too. That if a lot of us saw or, or heard that we'd be like, Oh, that's cool shit. It's like there, I, I just, I'm drawn to loving things like that. And the fact that people appreciated something that I was a part of, um, means so much to me like thinking back to when i was in in, the, in middle school when i first wanted to do this and right. you know this many years later like no matter how the chips fell um you know the fact that we had to walk away uh, and which i'm sure we'll get to that as well hmm. um you know here we are this many years later and there's still people that give a damn you know uh 15 million streams on an album that came out in, in february uh on spotify that's crazy yeah. that's insane and um you know, I also joke that it's like, even if they didn't, I'd still keep doing this because I'm fucking selfish and I just <laughs> like doing it. Like I like creating, but it's like I the one reason why we had that connection on a human level, you and I, and I hope a lot of other people in your profession and just people that are watching this in general that I've met in life is because I'm there's nothing special about me. It's like I just I I'm a dumbass. Uh, I like to have fun mm -hmm. and I, I love playing music. But like beyond that, I, I love fucking having conversations like right. I, I love talking to people when there's like a, a real reason to have a conversation you connect on like a, oh cool like i can just shoot, shoot the shit with you right now and then right. and that's that's what happened that day and um i, I appreciate the fact that you recognize me at, at least as as different than a lot of people that i'm sure you've come into contact with in, in 21 years on radio like you said yeah that's a it's a it's a long and distinguished list and again for another podcast i'll i have names they're in a book <laughs> names that they're all color coded by uh first impression and some by second but uh you know you talked about about middle school and um and getting to that that being the time when you found music do you remember the records the albums uh that that pushed you in that direction because I, I feel like there's there's usually something because obviously it's not well not obviously i shouldn't say that it's not a, an, an avenue that a lot of people take because there's a lot of challenge. It's not easy. It's you watch too many Motley Crue videos from the eighties and you have a, a perception of what exactly 
being a rock star is and and what the industry is like. Were there records that pushed you into one direction in, into going into music that you're like, yeah, that was, God, I, I saw these guys or I they, they came through town and I, I, I saw them live and it was like, man, that's what I want to fucking do. I mean, so I grew up, um, my dad was a country musician. Um, and sorry if you're watching this, dad. Um, <laughs> my real dad's still alive. My stepdad, I, it's probably confusing for some people that do follow us because I've talked about my dad dying before. That's my stepdad who was like my dad. Um, excuse me. I grew, grew up with a country musician, very much an absent father. Um, you know, he, he chased the dream. And if anything, that pushed me away from music. Like I, I right. like I, I resented him for so much shit growing up. Um, and I remember it was Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Uh, sorry, it was, I believe it was, no, it was Appetite for Destruction. Mm. Um, then my uncle had left over at my dad's house one weekend when I was visiting. And I like picked that up and like, I got into rock music because of that band. But I think when I really started to, uh, to think, man, you know, well, maybe it's just country music. Fuck that, because of my dad, you know, and maybe right. I can still do rock music. It was Bush, um, mm. Sixteen Stone, yep. Razorblade Suitcase. I, I'm like that. I know that's a uh, an opinion in the in the minority there, but uh, I, I definitely preferred that album. That was there was shit on there, like Greedy Fly. That was one of those songs to me that I was just like, holy shit, nobody's doing stuff like this. Right. Um, SCP was another one. Those were the bands that really, uh, in that era, I, I, I started to be like, God, man, I, like I, I love rock and roll, and um, I'll, I'll never forget, dude. When we played uh, Soundwave, which is like one of those touring festivals that I was yeah. telling you about, like, like they fly like I want to say it's like fifty bands from America to Australia, and you know in Australia you're flying city to city. Um, is that Hop Slam you're drinking by the way? The Bells. No, nope. uh, Surly Brewing uh, Company from Minneapolis. Oh, okay. It's okay. Um, extra. I'm getting my sour on, man. Oh boy. Drinking a lot of sours nowadays. Um, but we did uh, Soundwave in Australia. And that, that was dope because, you know, a lot of these bands that you, uh, that, that are, you know, you've watched for years on the TV and stuff, and you're sharing the stage with them, as, as well as a lot of artists you're coming up with. And they fly you in all on the same flights city to city for the festival. And then when they were off nights from the festival itself, they would do side waves is what they're called. So they would pair a few bands together to just go play like a club show somewhere on an off night. Right. And uh, like we did hours with angels and airwaves in uh, Medina Lake were hours, but there was one with like stain and Bush and we were in Melbourne, Australia, you know, on the other side of the planet. And dude, I'm, I'm here to, to hear, you know, with Gavin Rosdell mm. and, you know, we watched them side stage and shit, but to be in like a smaller club, I mean, I think it was like a 1200 cap room on the other side of the world, you know, from where I, I lived my entire life and grew up. And that was one of those, like a pif- like just moments where I was like, God, man, like if 14 year old me could have ever have even thought that this would have been a possibility. Mm. Um, Cause that dude's a, a, a God, like, sexy motherfucker like just a great <laughs> singer great artist and uh definitely was like a, a an idol of mine when i was mm. younger um so to just be there you know and 
it was just, you know, it was always the small things. It wasn't really about money or anything like that. Like, you know, while we were doing this, it was always just about like those experiences because those are the things that you're going to tell your kids about. Um, you know, those are the the stories that you're going to come on a, a podcast this many years later right. and talk about. And like, uh, yeah, so that, that's the long form answer of like Bush was definitely one of those bands that, uh, and, and he was a sweetheart too. Like when I met him, like, and talked to him backstage, like I was a peer to him, you know, it was like, I was an equal. And that was also like, just holy shit, dude. Uh, always nice when you meet somebody like on his level though, that, that treats you like that. Cause it's just, you're like, okay, this, so this guy is like me. Gavin, it seems like and never meeting him personally, but being at several Bush shows over the years, um, and most recently just several years ago, um, for a band, uh, for a, a human being of his stature, even though he probably he would probably wouldn't classify it as his stature, but of all of the things that he's accomplished musically and in his life, and you, you don't peg him as the guy who goes out into a crowd in the middle of a field of 25,000 people mm-hmm. and is just like, and is singing his ass off and like three feet away from people and, you know, pushing through crowds and just giving it everything. You know, you, there's, there's a veil. I think that when you get to a certain point, you know, the stage is your, this is your ground and you stand it and you, yeah, if there's a catwalk or whatever, you may go out on there, but you don't, you don't mix yourself amongst the people, right? You know, we're, we are here. <laughs> you are here to see us. You don't. But he he always every time I've seen him, he's always been very, uh, very interactive with the crowd. Very like close knit with them. There's always a certain energy that he brings. It's not just a guy standing in front of uh, a microphone with his guitar and singing songs because he could he could do that for I mean, ninety minutes and and people right. would still pay money to see it. But um, you talked about. Uh, stories you can tell your kids. And I think there's a, there's a, a point I want to direct here. Do you, with your kids, I mean, obviously you're every, we've, we've learned a lot about the essentials and the non-essentials as of, uh, as of late, we have a good bead on, on what is and what isn't, or maybe we're even more confused on what what is and what isn't, but to go down a path of music, uh, stemming from a path of, of music as, messy as that may have been do you uh when you tell them the stories or when you will tell them the stories as you get more stories in yours are you pushing i want to say pushing them towards music or is it an avenue that that you uh open for them or do you are you cautious with those kind of teachings just because you've a you've seen it from um, a, a period of a lot of change in how music is done and how the things you can do now you couldn't do 15 years ago. Do you, uh, what is your direction towards, uh, obviously you want them to do what they want to do. It makes them happy, but are you, I, I went through the opposite of that, man. When, uh, when we ended the band in 2015, um, I was just like over it, man. Like I was right. heart, like, you know, I, I said at the time, like rock and roll broke my heart. Um, you know, since then I've, I've changed that to, to realize it was the music industry that broke my heart. It wasn't rock and roll, but no, um, if anything to, to, to their detriment, to my detriment, like I, I just, I, when they would come around and, and want to work on something in the studio at our place or something, like I, I would kind of like shield them, like, no, like we're not doing that. Like, you know, let's go throw a ball or something instead. Um, 
but I definitely feel like it's, it's, it is different now, uh, especially because um, they're both there. I mean, they just have that natural, like they're drawn to right. music right now. Um, and my, my oldest son, Caden is like, he has like crazy, crazy pitch uh, where he'll be doing something sometimes. And I'm just like, what, how are you singing that? Like he gets so like, uh embarrassed like when i like i'm like complimenting on something but yeah man i was a little bitch for a minute to where i just like i was like no i'm not letting my kids do music because of what this did to me um but now i realize like I, i've got three kids that love music um a lot thankfully my my middle is drawn to sports so uh you know he's got something keeping him uh, busy other than, than just music, but, um, my oldest, like, uh, I mean, both of them, he like Landry, my, my seven-year-old, uh, he loves like playing guitar. Like dude, there's a video I posted. It's on my Instagram when he was three years old and he's watching like Biffy Claro, my favorite band now, um, watching their YouTube videos at at three, dude, maybe two and a half, but like, and he had my guitar stand as like his microphone because he's at that height and uh was playing like his little like uh paper guitar electric guitar thing and like just like throwing down dude like just Giving the it. showmanship of it and i was like what is he doing um so that's always been there and yeah i mean i i hope they get into computer science and shit like that <laughs> right? instead, yeah. uh and programming and shit like that but uh, yeah i mean i'm gonna be that dad that sports you know, my kids and, and right. whatever, whatever it is they want to do. And, uh, except for I draw the line somewhere in football is, uh, is where the line's currently drawn. Cause I, I'm fighting that battle with my seven year old where he wants to play football, but the main reason he wants to play football is to hit people. And I'm like, Oh, those are the wrong reasons. Mm. Like, um, but yeah, they, uh, they love, they love music, man. And it's, and it's, I, once I got over, like, you know, that I can't protect them from everything. Like right. this is what they want to do. And then they realize how t- difficult it is one day and they get heartbroken because of that, whatever, which, I mean, it's going to be a different conversation in a matter of mm. a couple years, you know, it, it is now compared to, to 13 years ago. Mm. Um, I, I, I just want them to do whatever makes them happy. And if that's, uh, you know, we've I've discussed with them, like writing an album together with them. So we'll see, we'll see. That's cool though. I think that, uh, as, as parents and navigating through uh, the careers that, that, that you've been through and the, uh, especially for you guys, or <clears throat> excuse me, especially for you who's been through, you know, peaks and valleys uh, of, of the industry and you've gotten to see, uh, you know, blessed to see so many things. And um, as I think we talked about in a, in a separate interview uh, about the rock and roll broke your heart thing, uh, not that you're going to have, that kind of experience in every career. But I think that the value in that is being able to, to show that there is going to be things that are amazing and there's going to be things that are like kind of super shitty. And when those realizations, yeah, it's, it's just like learning the lesson of being a parent period. Right. Oh gosh. It's like we're all, we are all going to go through that shit. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like it, we're protecting them from, from the the what ifs of the music industry isn't worth the uh you know what if that ends up being like something therapeutic for them like it, right. it is for me um i have no right to take that away from them 
So once I got over it and realized I was, you know, I was uh, projecting a lot of my insecurities and, you know, failures or like, you know, maybe not getting uh, to the top of the staircase that I was climbing Mm. shit like that. uh, And projecting that more on uh, um, what I, what would happen to them as well. That's not fair. They're probably going to be way fucking better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the industry is going to look even more different than it looks now. I mean, you don't, you know, don't need to have all the, uh, the things that you needed to have anymore. I don't, I don't want to say to be a, a, a hugely successful musician, but I was having this, uh, the same conversation with, with Mikey from Islander the other day. I'm like, if you, cause he was talking about how, um, how hip hop artists have really learned to embrace the avenues of how to get their music out that are not really the, the, the standard necessarily. And I was like, dude, the number one most played song as it may as it might annoy the shit out of every person was old town road. And that song right. came from fucking TikTok. And I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that, that song blew up on TikTok. Well, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, well before it ever, you know, made any waves in, uh, in, uh, in, in radio. And it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's fun to watch for me now from an outsider's perspective because I always had one. I think uh, being inside of radio is like, well, right. why, why, why are we just looking at these fifty songs on this piece of paper here? And here's the ten that we play every hour and a half. Here's the ten that we play. Like, why? Who the fuck? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, they're doing the same thing in in L.A. We're in BFE, Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. people. Like, this makes zero sense to me. So I think. It, it's been fun to watch how uh, the industry has changed and, and hopefully uh, has brought some uh, some more artistry to uh, to music and, and different avenues to bring it to people. But uh, I mean, it's that's that's a part that, you know, again, a little peek uh, behind the curtain. Um, that's a part that was also frustrating as a, an artist that I think a lot of people won't know, but it's like. I've always been in the mentality, like the more you play something on the radio, you know, when you have all these people listening, the more they're going to think that there's something wrong with them if they don't like it. Right. So a lot of times I, I would just be like, how is this band? Like, and then you find out about more and more about the radio game. And then you're just like, Oh, okay. But then like, you know, I, I'm going to stop myself from being a hater right now, but there are just so many fucking bands still to this day that are on the radio, like played on a, you know, one station, like you just said, like every hour and just a God awful fucking song. that sounds like it's the same song that they really released, uh, back in 2001. Um, hopefully that narrows down some of those bands I'm talking about, but like, (laughs) and you're just like, how are we still just force feeding this to people? And I had this discussion the other day with a buddy of mine, because a lot of those radio fans, want to hear those old bands still sound like that, but they, they are gravitating toward the new sounds of bands that are adapting and, and, you know, doing fresh shit with their sound. Like, you know, Lincoln Park was always a really good example of that. Like they, and, and, and shine down as well. Those are two bands where like they adapted with the times or fucking Papa Roach is not really a much better example of that. And they would also bring out like the young bands that were up and coming to throw them a bone and be like, you know, pan it forward. Like, helping this band out because I had bands do this for me. And, you know, but then you just see those other bands sometimes where it's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I never will get it. Maybe it's not for me to get it, but 
that's just that's the that's part of the game, I guess. And uh, but I mean, I I'm sure you'll agree that you know we we're just talking about the, that music in general is not going to be the same. You know, and it, it's not now compared to when right. it was when we last spoke in station, but radio for sure. I mean, it's like you know everyone's trying to figure everything out, and it's like you know the labels save their asses by by making the deals that they made with mm. the streaming platforms. And now you look at how much money they're making from their artist streams. And it's just, it's hilarious that somehow it still panned out to where the bad guys went in, you know? Yeah. You, you, you kind of had hope. I'm sure you had hope. I know I had hope that just cause I, I think I made more friends uh, on the artist side of, of the industry than I did on the inside of radio industry, just cause right. I, 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 I Maybe that's why I'm no longer in radio. I don't know. I didn't, I, that wasn't on the official paperwork, but you know that's neither here nor there. But it was always like it was tough to understand from my perspective how how such good music was going un, not unre, not unrecognized because I think there there are the we talked about the new album getting 15 million streams and so there are avenues to get out there. But even at that, it's it's. It's not the game is not fair and it's been rigged and it's somehow even though other avenues have made themselves available, it still seems like it's a little like, wait a minute, like wait, shouldn't this have worked out better for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the person that the did, ones that were bleeding at the bottom? Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought this was supposed to like the oh the playing oh oh we, we bought the playing field. Okay, so okay, <laughs> now now I get it. This is it. Cool. Wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, it just, I got a lot happier, man. Um, you know, when we did walk away, because I was just like, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Like, you know, it, it had reached the point where I felt like when it was time to go make an album, that it was time to go and, you know, follow some magic formula for a hit single. Right. When it was like, the reality is with these labels and shit that are telling you, well, no, we need this, we need this. If they knew how to do it, they would do it themselves. Um, so it's like when I walked away, I was just like, I, I was, I hated music mm. because it, it, the passion had been like stolen from me, man. Like it was, you know, um, and I, and I've told this story before as well. And some fans will hate it, but like for me, one of those songs was you stupid girl, mm. uh, great song. We wrote it with a, a, a freaking amazing songwriter in Nashville. Um, I forget his last name. I don't want to like, he's an incredible songwriter, hmm. but it was just one of the, it was the first time that I'd been put, you know, with a, an outside writer. And it's like, well, this is what the song needs to be. And, um, you know, I might get in trouble for this, but I don't fucking care. But like at the time we had a song called war zone hmm. that we had on our album, a promise to burn. And I had spoken with Jacoby from Papa Roach and he was going to sing on that song. And that was going to be our single. Hmm. There ended up being some hiccups um, that prevented that from happening. I think he had a song with on Carlos Santana's album that was coming out, and it was going to be a single. And Papa Roach was working on like their first new album since uh, the Param was it called Paramore Sessions? The Paramore Sessions, yeah, yeah. So it was like their first album since that, and uh, he had a, a single with. So it was like their camp was like, well, we don't know if we can put out another single with another artist. So it's like, all right, cool, whatever. So then we were steadfast and like, we don't want to release you stupid girls are single, especially mm -hmm. like, dude, think about that now. Like it, I hate fucking singing that song live. And that's why I changed it to squirrel 
It's like in today's climate, you can't write a song like that. Like, are you kidding? Like, you you can't can't write a song like that. So, but even back then I knew I was like, ah, it just feels like so machismo. Like it's, and then the songs, like there were cool parts to it, but it was just like, that was the beginning of like, man, I'm, they're starting to take away like the say that like I have in, in the direction of my band that, that I've, and the founder, like that, this is our, our band, you know? Right. And, uh, so when we walked away, you know, I, I was very proud of, uh, of some of who we are and what we did on that album. And I was just at peace with just being like, man, well, at least, you know, we ended it with an album that like was our rules, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't want to, I just don't want to play the politics side of it anymore. And, uh, you know, that's when I went through the whole, I, I like I, I cased up all my guitars. Like I, you know, I, I took down my my gold plaque on the wall. Like I just didn't want to fucking be reminded of it. I, you know, I went and started a brand new career. Like you know, I've been removed from the workforce for over a decade, and then I go and I'm like, well, I'm I'm just gonna be a normal person now. I'm gonna get it, you know, start a new career. Take that's gonna be my livelihood. That's gonna take care of my family. Right. Did that. Uh, was fortunate, obviously, to have some things like saved up to where like I wasn't it wasn't a 100% restart, but it was because it was like that my identity was gone. You know, it's like you're at that point, you feel like a failed businessman. Right. And um, at, over time, when I started to be happy with myself and my life and doing a lot of, I think, self growth through reading and like finding out things about myself and like focusing on things that I could control and realizing the power of being able to control your outcome again, instead of, you know, being in the music industry. Uh, eventually, I needed that, that, that form of therapy again, and I needed the songwriting and I needed to r- jot down, you know, things that I was thinking. And then the guitar comes back out and you start working on that. And it's like, that was the beginning of this whole journey for this album was it was for the right reasons this time. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was when I, I started doing this in my parents and my friends, parents garages uh, years ago, it was like, it just felt like, Oh yeah, that, that was the allure that, that music, had you know that was uh that was the attraction that was there always between me and and music that was my sport you know it's like as much as i love sports and that's like my probably my first love Mm -hmm. i'm not i was never like like look at me i'm a skinny fat ass like i was never blessed (laughs) with with being like the athletic you know or or having the athletic prowess on my brother even um which he holds the record in the state of Tennessee for interceptions. And I will tell you right now, I taught him how to play football. So fuck him. Um, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that was, it, it was therapeutic again. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was for the right reasons when we started working on this album. And, uh, there was something about like the, uh, the, the power that I felt from being able to just know that, to, to, to know that inside and be like, man, I'm not doing this this time to have a single that blows up. Like, yeah, that'd be dope. It'd right. be dope if we put out a song, our first song that we've released in six years and it blows up on Spotify like Puzzle Pieces did. But right. like, we didn't plan on that. You know, we didn't, we didn't. Now you were one of the first people that heard that song. It was, I, was. I remember the day I sent you that song. I sent it to you and Josh from Bad Flower and he sent me Ghosts that hadn't come out yet. Yeah. And I was like, damn, man. I thought my song was cool, and then you sent me. <laughs> you sent me this shit. No, dude, I I fucking remember getting that song, and 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 you and I had obviously uh, we were in in less contact because you had gone back into, uh, you know, the real 
real world, not real world, but you know, doing the, doing the damn thing. And you sent me that song, you know, we started chatting again and, and I heard it and I was like, that's a, that's a fucking hit. Like, not like you wrote that song with the intention of it being, I mean, you know, you write songs for right. different purposes, but I'm like, and we had, I think it was ironically, uh, it, and maybe not ironically, but it was, it was at the time of we were, the world was not world. The United States was kind of going through, uh, its own issues with, uh, with addiction and with, that was kind of the headline on the news every night was, you know, people being fucking passed out in their cars and shit and, and and we we kind of talked about the song before we went on and, and talked about the story, uh, your story about what had been going on with you for the the previous couple of years, and and God, I heard that song and I was like, dude, dude, like this, this is a fucking hit. And we, I think we we were like, were we the first first to play it? I believe so. I we it, yeah, first, it wasn't even it wasn't watermarked or anything. No. Yeah, like we just I just I think I sent you like a SoundCloud uh, link. It was yep. like, hey, you can just download it from here, man. I'll <laughs> get you a better version when when we have it mastered. I think you played it before we mastered it. Maybe I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think it was mastered yet. But it, it was such a good fucking song, and I I remember that conversation because we we talked about a lot of the those same things, and we uh, some of the things that we touched on on here too about about that being away time and and then missing it and it kind of calling your name again. And specifically the guitar cases being uh, dusted off and opened yeah. back up and, and, uh, but then that, that's a, that ride for you. I mean, going from, you know, I, I think you put it right, you know, going out with the album that you felt that you were, all right, this is it. This is not, yeah. this is the, this is the song cases go away. And we kind of move on with uh, with life, and man, that was fun, and that's a cool thing to reflect back on. But God, I was fucking glad that you came back and got, and got back in the game, man. Jeez, I was like, don't, hey, cool, man. That's hey, I get it, like I understand. <laughs> but man, if you just want to write like another record, that would be really fucking cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, finally, and that's the thing, dude. Is like we're at a, I'm at a point now where it's like I'm again, like I'm not doing this for other people. Mm -hmm. It's it means the world to me to hear you and other people like you say the the kind words that everyone has said and all the superlatives about this album. But like at the end of the day, like I just fell in love with creating again. And that had been fucking stolen from me, man, for so long to there was a power in just being like, I, I control the narrative now, man. Mm -hmm. Like this doesn't have to, I don't have to fucking follow this format. And yeah, there are, so this for, it doesn't have to be some f formulaic like outline for a, uh, for a song just because that's what's working for everyone else like it's like no i'm not i'm not right and do we have like there's so much shit already like that we're passing around right now like i it sucks because i had made the the bold claim before all this coronavirus shit that uh i was like no matter what no matter how well this album does or how poor it does it's like i uh, you as long as we spend on this album for three years it's like you are gonna get new material from us before the end of 2020 now all this shit happens. So it's like, well, yeah, now like it, <laughs> we're for sure going to do that. But like, we were going to do that anyway. Like right. we kind of hit our stride. So you and I haven't discussed this and, and not a lot of people know this either. Cause we haven't really come out and said it on, on social media, but uh, Ryan and I were the last two original members mm -hmm. of, of FH. And I mean, technically he wasn't even an, an original because he joined the band when we were in support of our first album, the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the first song he did as a member of our band was actually the cover of Lollipop, uh, which is funny because that was just like his first hometown show in Nashville as like an official member of the band. Right. And that song was like a huge song in the clubs at the time. I was like, yo, let's just play rock version of this. We do the rock version. Our label sees a fucking YouTube clip of it and asks us like, oh, you guys should record that. Never in a million years do we think it would do what it did. Right. Uh, I digress there. But like, um, so he's the, the other OG member and he's at a point now where he can't really give this uh, like, you know, 100% right now, like right. not to take away from Ron at all. That's, that's my brother. I love him to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but so toward the end, we thought we had the album done. And then I was like, man, I just, I don't know. Like, let's just keep writing. You know, we had some, some legal shit that we can't discuss on here uh, that came up and I was like, well, while this is all going on, let's just fucking keep writing, man. And Stoy, our bass player um, who, really joined the band while we went out for the summer who we are when I, when I met you uh, six years ago, he, uh, he had made the switch. We, we moved him over to guitar because Ryan wasn't going to be going anymore with us. And, and, you know, I think we'll continue writing in the future and shit with Ryan, but I don't think we'll ever do it in the same capacity to where, you know, but uh, the first song that we wrote with story on guitar, he and I sat down one night and wrote forgiveness is an art, which is, Mm the heaviest song on the album, probably the heaviest song we've ever done. Um, and the first song that he had ever like, you know, that he and I sat down and were just like, Hey, let's see what we can do together, man. Right. And I was so stoked about that song to, to where now it, when the album was done, I was just like, that's like, we just turned a corner though. Like, you know, it's like, right. I don't want to stop this. We got to release this album, but it's like the, the, we're, we're finding out new shit about us. And that's why, you know, a lot of people say like, this is your strongest album to date. And it's like, I know it is. And I also know that that has, there's a lot of different factors in that. And one being that it's the first album that we've ever recorded this collection of five dudes. And Shad, our drummer is probably the most talented musician, not just drummer, talented musician that I know. Uh, He's a joy to just be in the room with Nick, our other guitar player. um, He was our, our tour manager for years. Uh, Actually talking about Australia, he was our tour manager over there and went over there um, for years and he's always like, he was always in like heavier shit, like glass show and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we came up mm-hmm. in the scene in Nashville together in different bands. And then he kind of ventured off in a different direction where he was doing a lot of shit electronically. He and I started a project that was, you know, more electronic based that got put on hold. We went out and toured and supported the sun we are. So dude, he and I also have like probably 10 to 15 ideas that are completely, it's like, we don't have to be, anything now it's like we can be whatever we want now and uh yeah man there's just a a freedom that comes along with that that like uh like i'm sure you can see it now like i I get really happy just knowing that it's like i've been in bands in the past with people too they were just like well i don't know if that's us and it's like man that's that's us because i fucking wrote that with this guy that's also in the band (laughs) so So it is literally the definition of us us. so we are cohesive unit here (laughs) it's us I, I can tell, and I can tell uh, because I've been listening to the record, and 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 you have always written, and, and the band has always had. There's a, there's an emotional tie to it. Okay, outside of Lollipop, but obviously you guys didn't write that. But there's always been like like I listen to an FH song, and I'm like, yeah, I fucking I don't feel necessarily what you were, maybe were feeling when you wrote it, but I can 
I can establish a feeling and associate a feeling with pretty much every song that you that you guys have ever released. I'm like, oh yeah, that that you know what that fuck reminds That's, me of that bitch. You know, see what what's awesome about that though is I guarantee you. you and then that's the beautiful thing about music too. Mm-hmm. Is like there are going to be songs where you think, and and you and it's, it could probably couldn't be further. Uh, you know, touching on the uh, "Hear Me Now." I don't think we ever discussed this, but that was the song that started everything for us. It's the song yeah. that got us our first record deal when yep. I was twenty years old. That song was about Ashley Hanley, um, who passed away in a car accident. Um, you know, and she was like the the sixth member of our band. In a lot of ways, she was always mm-hmm. there every rehearsal. Um, like you know, like would take photos. That's where the framing part came from. Mm-hmm. But for me, when that happened, that was one of those moments. That was like the first moment in my life that I ever remembered having. And like, if God's real, why this? Why did this happen? And that was like right. my battle with like faith and things that I believed. And you know, I think everyone's gone through that shit in their life. But that's mm-hmm. what that song was written about. Um, you know, a, a song though that I guarantee you that you would hear and and people that are watching this or listening right now. I would never think this, and I don't usually like to say this, but a little, again, sneak peek behind the curtain. I don't like to tell people usually what a song's about, but baggage claim. That sounds like a a tormented, like, relationship, you know, between a a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. That song is about mine and Ryan's view on walking away from the music industry and how it still had that stranglehold on us. And it was like, you know, if when I wake, you left me, you wish that you never left me. Like, it it was about, like, man, I as much as I want this to be done, like there was always that draw because it, it was, again, that was my sport. That was my, you know, what made me happy. That's what appeased me. And, um, so yeah, that's, I, I do always love just like, a like seeing other people's, uh, interpretation of what a song is. And, and when it's like something further from, from what you actually wrote the song about, mm-hmm. then, you know, you did something right because, your listener should be able to listen to a song and make that about their life. Right. Um, it's like Walt Whitman, I believe said the, the poet's purpose. He had a, a poem called the poet's purpose that uh, I had to recite like growing up. And then it always stuck with me where it's like, it, it, it was your job as a poet to like, put your, put yourself in the spot of the reader, mm. you know, without having been there, maybe even before they've been there to where, when they hear it, there's that familiarity. And it's like, they, they can relate. And, um, that's also like one of the fun things about creating is just being able to kind of be yeah. tongue in cheek about some shit. And like, only, you know, like what this is about. Um, I think so, that, yeah. that baggage claim story, I mean, it really gives knowing now the, the insight of, of, of what that was about. I think that you really give, if it, like, I'm going to go back and listen to that song from that vantage point. <laughs> And it really gives a really clear, painful understanding of the relationship that you have oh, with, with music. I mean, for, for sure, man. It, could, it is like a love, love yeah. horn. Like it, it's something that everyone has experienced. I'm sure you've experienced that in, in a professional capacity as well, right. beyond just a relationship. It's like, um, I, I you know, I, and we, you know, as a songwriter dude as well, like, especially a lyricist, like I can't, my fucking every person I've ever been in a band with will tell you the one thing they hate the most about me is how long I take to finish lyrics for something, because I'll be that guy that's like, well, I said something that 
was kind of about the same line as that, like on an album uh, <laughs> four albums ago. And we didn't release that song, but I know I said it. And like, it might be a B-side floating out there somewhere. But like, and then finally I was just like, man, whatever. If it's if it fits. A, a perfect example of that is um, the term shell of a man. We put that on uh, No Saving Me mm. on, uh, on the Some Who We Are. And I believe that's a lyric that is on misery on this album. And I just I, like, it was just one of those things where it fit. I loved what it said. Spoiler alert. I basically ripped that off subconsciously from one of my favorite <laughs> bands ever, the Juliana theory. They have a song that I'd forgotten about. Uh, it was like, why can't I let go? I'm only the shell of a man. And like, I, I was listening to that album love uh, a few weeks back and I was just like, God damn it. That's where that came from. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I've got some influences. I know you were uh, the the Cure, uh, Robert Smith's birthday. Oh yes. I saw I saw that you 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 posted some love about him. I think it's he was one of the first like uh I, I you know again like his little emo scene kid right. Um, there were a lot of those bands back at like in the early two thousands when it was cool to sing out a key and bad that I just couldn't get into. Um. <laughs> And Robert Smith, I'm not saying that he's a bad singer, but like he he was kind of doing that. He was the OG of that back in the day where it wasn't all about perfect pitch and shit. Right. And I just like remember I was dating a chick whose mom was like obsessed with with the cure. And like uh anytime I would be around like that the cure would be on and like it um I mean this was back probably my first band. Did, that I was did her mom with. have the same haircut? as robert smith back in she did uh no but she, her makeup was very similar. oh is it similar okay yeah. i knew there was um, there was going to be some sort of aesthetic tie in there yes and yeah he was just like it, it, like I, I just love like it's it's awesome now seeing sh- shit like the weekend and, and these artists now mm-hmm. that are that have those old 80s electronic sound in their albums as well i'm like wait a minute I know that yeah. song. Wait, no, that's not the song I was thinking it was going to be. Never mind. Well, it also reminds me of that. Uh, shit, what's his, is it Kaminsky? I think is that his name or is it Kaminsky? The dude from the Drive soundtrack. There's a song that sounds just like on the Drive soundtrack. That's an incredible song that sounds just like that that weekend track. Right. Um, but I mean, it's the he's synth. dude. I could go on for hours and hours about like you know how much pop music and, and hip hop music is better than the current state of rock and roll nowadays, in my opinion. But, uh, I, I digress there as well. <laughs> that's, that's for episode two. Or, yeah. I just feel like people are, are, there are a lot more artists that, uh, recognize their roots mm-hmm. and like, are, aren't afraid to like explore like and pull shit back. I, I feel like a lot of times rock and roll is on like, whereas, when rock and roll first was invented, you know, even though it was stolen, I love Elvis, but like, even though it was stolen, um, stolen, it was, it was because of how different it was. And now I feel like rock and roll, a lot of times is the last thing to be different. When you see these other genres and shit that are, are bending the rules and, um, you know, kind of transcending genres and then rock and roll tries to hop on last. And then you're like, ah, well, wait a minute. I think you, I think you missed that. Yeah. Miss that whole thing. Yeah, there's been a, uh, and it's always been tough because rock and roll was supposed to be uh, obviously outside of the the valid point you just made about it being a part of thievery. Uh, you know, that's what it was like. It felt like the intention was supposed to be like we're the like 
We don't give a fuck. Like we're going to do what we want to do and, and we're going to like this and we're going to, you know, we can wear leather or we can wear flannel or we can wear, I don't know, rhinestones. Yeah. We can do whatever the hell we want because we're rock and roll and it doesn't matter. I wore a fucking jumpsuit at our last you show, were, man. That a boy. <laughs> I love it. Waiting on the Puma check to clear. But no, it's no, not a, a tracksuit. Jumpsuit. Oh, like jump I, okay, I looked straight different. up like I was about to hop in a plane with Tom Cruise. Nice, or a, or a Ghostbuster, one of the <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah, it's exactly. A, it's, a, it's a fine line, but uh, but no, it's it, that is, that is definitely it's like now the extreme is like well yeah that's what makes it rock and roll like it because we're right. like fucking pyro and stuff. I'm like dude, Garth Brooks used pyro. Like I don't know what you're talking about. Like this is new. <laughs> You know, and so it, but yeah, hip hop has definitely gone in a, it's, again, we talked about how it's ability to find different platforms and not be afraid to, to change it up. I mean, they'll, they'll release a song once a week for six weeks in a row and be like, oh, I just dropped a new, dropped a new joint. It's on, uh, uh, check it out. It's on Amazon or hey, we're doing a premiere on, on here. I just, I just saw like that somebody premiered a G easy premiered a video on pornhub.com. I mean, what a great time no. to be alive. America. That's amazing. America. You know, I, it's, remember, uh, I, I heard some people were talking about doing shit like that with Pornhub. I mean, whatever. I'm sure he probably did record streaming numbers as well. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, people have a lot of downtime and, uh, not sure how, I mean, I we won't comment about how they're taking advantage of that downtime, but, <laughs> but it's, it's always been, uh, uh, you know, rock and roll has been behind the curve for a while and, and, I, I don't know what kicks it into gear. I think I think your mentality about the whole about how you're like, no, dude, this is this is mine. Like this sounds like us because this is right. I wrote it, or you know, we wrote this together, or no, this is us, and we can go in this direction, and we can go in this direction. We can rules. have different things on there, man. Why not? Why make Why make rules like the the? And again, I'm not saying that we're setting out to be some transcendent artist or anything, but it's like you're you're cutting yourself off at the knees. Like when you're making these rules, when you don't have to, because guess what? It's your body of work. You, you get to make those rules. Right. And my rule is there are no rules now. It's like (laughs) fucking fight club. Um, (laughs) You just like, you just show up with weed. That's the only rule. Instead of, you don't tell anybody. It's like, well, you bring a pin. (laughs) You bring a pin. First rule of framing Hanley is bring (laughs) a pin. Damn it. But yeah, I mean, it's like, plus, like, I'm honestly just like inspired by so many pop artists and hip hop artists now. Like, dude, I, I don't know if you saw, but like, I posted like my top 19 of 19, like my favorite albums from last year. Mm-hmm. And probably seven or eight of them were all hip hop albums. And then like, I, I maybe had like four or five, like exclusively like rock albums on there. Um, so yeah, it's like, and I, and I think a lot of the bands that, that, people especially young adults now are connecting with are the bands that are just like kind of blurring the lines of, of what is a genre right. and but we can do this you know you fucking you have a band like bad flower which hits you with that abrasive like true rock and roll like grit mm-hmm. but also aren't afraid to like show a soft side and like do like some pop elements like right. i can always i can tell that in, in in a band where it's like all right that dude listens to you know pop radio um, yeah. hopefully I'm not wrong about that, Josh, but it's like, <laughs> apologies in advance. Yeah, it's just like, like, why be scared? Why, why not 
test the waters you know say you ever the first track on our album mm. is probably my favorite track on the album Love it. it's only like two minutes long it's really it's, short i was like wait did yeah. we just like now it's bubbles like what the fuck <laughs> just happened like did i miss it's I, and I think I'm probably going to do like my solo shit that I'm doing is probably going to be more along the lines of that. Um, but that's not going to prevent me from dropping a track like that on an FH thing either, because that is us. Like right. if, if we created that, we're going to put it out there. It's like my buddy who's a hip hop producer here in town. He heard it and he was like, that's like old school Kanye meets Hans Zimmer. And I was like, that's the perfect like, compliment. <laughs> cool. This is the first track on the album then. And this brings it all into this cohesive unit now. It feels right. better. But I think, but music discovery too has been, has evolved into a way where I, being being out of really the premier avenue that I found music was in radio for 20 years. And, and right. I, I found it at probably different levels than, than others in radio did. But being outside of it, I've discovered so much more music that I'm like, fuck, I really like that. And how heartbreaking is it, dude, when you hear something that you're just like, ah, this band probably won't be around four years from now no. because they're never going to get the credit that they deserve because radio won't touch this. And mm -hmm. it's like to know that that still does drive the, the longevity of a band's career because a lot of these bands, when they're wet behind the, near, the ears, breath smelling like Similac, like <laughs> they don't understand, you know, what – you know, for I can't tell you for you know the term baby band. A lot of yep. you know another peek behind the curtain guys, but like I can't tell you for how long we were still considered a fucking baby band. It's like yo, mm -hmm. I paid my dues. Like we're headlining sold out shows every night. We're not a baby band anymore just because you know we're not a part of this huge conglomerate or this huge lawyer that represents all these other bands. Mm -hmm. So we can't you know get on those tours. Like don't don't say we're a baby band, but all these bands that when they sign their first deal and you know, they, Oh, they, they see stars, like everything's going to go great. And then when the game's not played a certain way and no matter how good the album is, it just stops in its tracks after six months, eight mm -hmm. months. It's fucking, it's disheartening to like, I, I I'm meeting like I met a dude uh, over the weekend. He's a fucking brilliant producer. And like killer killer rock guitar player like some of the shit i heard him working on he's like yeah i added this in there and he'd play some part and i was like yo that's that's really killer mm -hmm. and it was like the same situation where his band signed a bad deal thought things were gonna go great yep. you know they had uh, satellite radio was a big proponent behind them pushed them helped mm -hmm. them reach certain levels then you have terrestrial radio where it's like again like you know it's like how do you want to how far do you want this to go? You know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a bummer when, when you check up on a band or when even like Spotify, the, the, the playlist that it you know makes for you yep. based on the shit that you like and listen to. And you'll find some song, you'll look that band up and you're like, God bless, man. How am I just hearing about this band? And you go to it and they're, it's from some cut from back in 2017. And that's the last thing they released. Yeah. They're and dead, dead like, on socials. Oh, they're yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Like they released this dude here's a throwback for you. I don't even know if you'll remember this, but like one of the earliest signs of that to me before we even were signed. And I always said this, I didn't want to be a band. I didn't want to be like mad at gravity. Do you remember that man? Mad at gravity. Yep. They had that. Uh, there was a song. Yep. I earn yep. it was on uh, the rain of fire. That, yep. that dragon movie with Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Okay. Yep. I, was, uh, I needed this. The song, album yep. was 
so good. And for when it came out, it fit perfectly at radio. It was one of those albums. I mean, shit, I was 17 years old, I think, when I heard that album. And I just remember being like, how did this band not blow up? Like, and again, I didn't know so much at that time, like about how, you know, all the business side and the politics. Mm. And, you know, when things started going with our band, I was just like, I just don't want to be like, you know, what happened with Matic Gravity where it's like, that band was, that, that singer was fucking a million times better than me. And then to see that happen to somebody like that, and you're just like, you know, sometimes it's out of your, your, your hands. And that's, again, why when we came back and did this the way that we're doing it now, I realized whether it's fucking 500,000 people on Facebook that, you know, Facebook only allows you to reach uh, 1,000th of yeah. every now and then. Um, Damn it, algorithms. Yeah, or whether it's like, you know, being able to put 300 people in a club every night um, or whether it's fucking going all the way to the, the West Coast in when you don't normally get to get out there and, and playing in front of fucking 75 people. It's like the fact that there are people all around this globe that that do care enough to still support us, mm-hmm. you know, almost 15 years later is uh, it's special and worth way more than than playing any of the politics shit like yeah it'd be cool to if something took off and then you know we're playing arenas all around the world but like that's not why we did this at this time that's not what we were hoping for well the new album like i said it's uh it's fucking fantastic i i feel every song on there uh it was it was my running soundtrack the other day the other morning i was out fucking putting the miles in and i'm like you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can go front to back thank you for the two minute song it shortened my run by <laughs> by a little yeah. bit but no envy's uh, a new album it is out um it's fantastic go stream it go uh go Amen. download it and uh i'm i'm excited man uh i think there's a lot of you know just just talking to you about you know the as much as it's kind of shit-tastic right now and nothing is really there's no clarity for uh for anybody but for artists you know we don't we don't know what the other side looks like but I think the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they probably got the Rona. <laughs> but there's um, there's something to be said about now having uh, the ability for you guys to 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 write and to continue on with some of those things. And you know, we're putting the last part of the album together. Like, no, I want to keep going on this. Like, I want to keep yeah. fucking jamming on this stuff. And this, you know, I'm feeling this vibe right now. And also the uh, the the mentality of like, you can do whatever you want. You know, there's not. Uh, the square box you have to fit yourselves inside of because you know I think FH is uh, in this carnation is is the most powerful and and I'm excited for what uh, what it looks like on the other end and I'm um, I'm glad that we had a chance to talk and catch Absolutely. up and fucking uh, just jam I do I do have to uh, I do have to throw football in there in here because I want your your two cents draft on this. week man it's, it's we fucking feels like we it's, have sports back right it's it does I'm I'm. I'm going to watch and go like, what yeah. the fuck is going? It's what going. are we going to do after this week though? When uh, the draft's uh, over, it's like, Oh cool. So cool. I'm going to go watch tape. I'm going to go watch tape with all the rookies at the, uh, the Packers drive. Be like, Oh yeah, that dude's going to be a stud. Right. Like, fuck yeah. yeah. Like Jay Sternberger from last year. That was like supposed to be a oh, yeah. weapon for you guys. I'm holding him in dynasty leagues right now. and being like, Oh, he's going to make that year two breakout. Just wait, man. Well, he, well, you know, he was injured. He had, a, he had right. an injury, and we had like fucking. And he was this. He was the consensus number three tight end in that he class, was. and like Noah Font and Hawkinson are, are studs. Yeah. So to be number three behind them, like I'm, I'm, and especially in an offense with 
Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams, and probably about to add a badass receiver in this class. Yeah. Uh, I'm not giving up on him because there should be plenty open underneath for him. Yeah, I, I think you know, get that slot guy in there, he'd be fine. But the the question is, how good are the Bucks going to be this year? I, and I don't Dude, know. I want to say, buddy, you, I, I was going to say, I know you got a, I know you got a guy. No, we were we were fighting about this. So I said that. <laughs> He's not watching right now. I was texting him a second ago, but uh, he tuned in at the very beginning, and he was like, "Because uh, we had we were talking the, uh, earlier today about the uh, the trying times thing," mm. and he's like, "You fucking brought that up on the podcast. I said something like that earlier." <laughs> so uh, we had the same fucking discussion. Copy right and lyrics we, too. Yeah, right before we went live um, about uh, the box, because I'm of the belief that Tom Brady is washed compared to where he used to be. Right. That said. I'm a I'm a Peyton fanboy. Like I'm a stand for Peyton Manning. A long time wanted him to be the greatest ever. For me, Brady proved it's not even a contest or a conversation when they came back from you know what was it twenty eight three and against the, oh, Falcons. the Falcons. Yeah, and I was just like, God, he's the best to ever do it. Um, you know, and go to another Super Bowl since then. But I, I was like, man, he has no velocity, he has no zip on his ball anymore. Um, and then you look at the offense that they built around him in Tampa Bay, and it's arguably the best arsenal of pass catchers that the, on paper ever in the history of the NFL and one team. Right. Um, a lot of people are like, they got to add a running back. People forget how good Rojo was in college. If he can just like, you know, finally, now that Peyton Barber's out, if they can use him as like a workhorse back and let him be one of those backs that, you know, starts to see volume, maybe that, you know, puts him over the top. I, they're a pass funnel, so their games are going to be fun to watch because they can't stop the pass right now. They're great against the run, right. excellent pass rush, but they have the weaponry and offense to where they can, especially, and people haven't thought about this, dude. They're in a division now where Brady's up against uh, Matt Ryan twice a year and Drew Brees twice a year. He's not playing, you know, he's not picking on these shitty teams anymore. Like, How many times do we get got, to go and play the Dolphins? Is that, yeah, they, exactly. How many times does that happen? I mean, he, I, I, and, and the, you know, I was a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan when he got drafted. Um, mm -hmm. I think the last couple of years he's been way overrated in New Orleans. I'm hoping I'm wrong because that offense they have in Carolina is also crazy. So that's four teams where I, I expect, like, that offense can put up, like, 42 points a game every week right. um and it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me uh but you know the way it is predicting a damn super bowl team man i they <laughs> i think they they moved to like 12 to 1 favorites today after the gronk news. after the gronk sign um it, it, it's crazy too though because i mean oj howard is already a stud uh arians just has never in his history of being an offensive play caller or any of his offenses used a tight end right. in his in his uh offense so Gronk, I think, you know, he, he, he tapered off uh, when he last played. But, I mean, he's a year removed from football. I'm sure he's, sure he's healed up. Uh, current WWE 24-7 champion, actually, right now. Did you see what the WWE oh. they issued? A, they issued a statement saying that the with the rules of the 24-7 title, he knows that he the title's up for grabs anytime, anywhere. So oh, God. Like one, they go, <laughs> one moment he could catch a touchdown from Tom Brady, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Can you imagine that, oh, though? Oh, God, that'd be fantastic. A touchdown celebration, Brady just pins him and a ref comes over there and counts one, two, three, and Brady's the that, champion. Now we are talking about fucking entertainment. Now, you know, if 
if that's, that's not, how they got the XFL to fold up, Gronk was the <laughs> Gronk was the mastermind behind all of this. He's, he's the fucking linchpin in the whole yeah. goddamn thing. He's like, wait a minute, I have an idea. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna bring it all together in some unity. No, I think it's um it's it's nice to have that uh that thing that one thing to like look forward to. We've been when if you've been deprived of things that you're so used to having and even not even giving a shit about like I I love the Brewers. I like I, I love you know how the team has kind of made something of themselves in the right. last couple of years but but really since 08 since the CC Sabathia year and you know, yeah. there's excitement in Milwaukee and, on, yeah. and but it's I would like pay I'm like oh damn we're doing well then start watching games middle of the season okay cool and then if they were making a run, I mean, it's been an exciting couple of last end of the seasons for them, but to not have like that element. I hate baseball, dude. And I'm the same way, especially, you know, me being a, a degenerate gambler with, <laughs> with like DraftKings and shit. I was still every night before 6 PM, getting my lineups in, you right. know, before it locked. And, uh, dude, now like they're doing like league of legends on DraftKings and like, um, that you can watch Madden simulations and like when excuse me when like DraftKings dollars <laughs> like that's Man. it's this is the longest i've gone in <laughs> four years without like gambling money on sports <laughs> and dude uh so the whole like online daily fantasy sports community mm. um you know they've, they've been freaking going crazy on twitter that's like most of people i follow on twitter are all like gamblers and like daily fantasy people and mm. uh they uh there was a prop a couple of weeks ago that was a dude uh bet he could do i think it was 3000 was the number maybe it's 2400 i have to look that up but it was like whatever x amount of push-ups in uh god i have to look this up now um hills push-up challenge so they they, re- they resorted to uh 2400 push-ups in 12 hours and they they there was over a million dollars bet on this offshore dude. That's how deprived of sports everyone people is right now. The, people and got he the fucking shakes, hit it. Man. He hit it in eleven hours and like fifty something minutes. People got 24. the shakes. What's that? People got the shakes. They're like, I oh, yeah. need yeah, yeah, yeah. to bet on that guy. Let make that motherfucker do some push ups. I want to see that shit. Do it. Yeah, Here's my money. He live streamed it on Twitch. Fuck yeah, he did. Like CNN, like contacted him the next day about it. Uh, like uh, uh, I think it was Men's Fitness, but yeah, I mean it's it's crazy times right now, man. And to get that itch, you're like, we'll bet on anything, right? I've been trying I to be it. like, man, how many times can I masturbate in a day? Maybe that's right. <laughs> and and we're back to the Pornhub music video <laughs> debut, G Easy. I got got in back. Yeah, in how there. many times can I masturbate watching G Easy <laughs> video on Pornhub in a day? Place, place your bets, people. Place your bets. I want to see that offshore money coming in here. Uh, Nixon, my friend, hey, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining thank me on you, here for the stream, uh, for the Always podcast. A um, we'll bounce this over to uh, to YouTube as well in the next day or so. And um, hey, best of luck, man. It's uh, you, man. we're like it. It's it. The world is on a level playing field for for the first time maybe in a long time. We're kind of like, oh yeah, we're all kind of going through this shit and. Yeah, I mean, it, this this brought us all together on like on, on a different in a different way than we've ever obviously than we've ever experienced. So, uh, man, hopefully we're up in Eau Claire. Or, or where are you at now? Or like, are yeah. you? I'm still in, in Eau Claire. Yeah, I'm still in the area. Still, dude, up. I know. 
I, I don't think we discussed this on radio, but uh, my buddy texted me a second ago because he's watching and he was like, yo, I remember hanging out. That venue that we played in Eau Claire, dude, was the most, and it was a fun-ass show, but it was the most, for Wisconsin, I'm from Tennessee, so I grew up in the sticks. Right. I would never imagine something like this existing in Wisconsin. It was like straight up, like I remember we had this dude that had like one tooth and he wouldn't get off the bus at the end of the night. <laughs> and, then, and then like, we, we were like, yo, like and he was offering drugs. We're like, yo, no, I'm sure we don't do any of those drugs that you're wanting. <laughs> I'm sure none offer. of these, these were all made in your bathtub, man. Yeah. I'm scared and of then, that shit. Uh, Stoy finally, he's like, all right, well, you're not going to leave. And he just stands up and pulls his pants down and just sits down. <laughs> and then the dude wanted to stay even longer. And we're like, yo, you got to go, man. Like we're going uh, to bed soon. Yeah, but, uh, it's getting late, isn't it? I didn't tomorrow. know that Wisconsin was like, uh, like that area of town was, Damn. that was an experience. My buddy was like, yeah, we were there. And I remember that. And I was like, yeah, we played like volleyball before the show. And then like afterward, like we're confident that, uh, that we were, on, on, on in twilight zone or something I was oh, yeah. like, how stoned are we right now well dude it's like uh i think it's the cold man like i think eventually it just fucking like your brain cells start to freeze from the inside because like fuck it's just cold like six months out of the year and then yeah yeah and this and this shit doesn't help because it's like well it was just cold for the six months out of the year and now we can't fucking do anything so we're we may all be going bad shit but you know yeah. it's cool <laughs> it's good cool. what else are we gonna do hey uh dude, well hopefully we see you uh see you Soon when all this is over, man. And, yeah, uh, man. I'm actually have uh, a few of these in person. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm planning a trip down down your way soon. I'll, uh, oh, really? Yeah, definitely hit well, me up, man. We, soon, as in like when it's legal. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> when, when I won't be breaking uh, law. Actually, if your if your laws are a little laxer than they are here, maybe it'll be sooner than later. I don't know. We'll we'll see how long that lasts. You know, I feel like we're gonna be one of those areas that opens shit up and then we're like did you see the tweet today that somebody was like because uh, uh, Georgia is like I think at the forefront of opening everything up Yeah. Um, and it was like Georgia decided to open everything up when they're up 28 to 3 on the coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> we've seen how this plays out people <laughs> exactly. I watched that game exactly. it comes back Awesome, brother. Hey, take care of yourself. I will put all the links uh, in the in the comment section here so people can follow uh, FH and uh, and Nixon. And uh, thank you, brother. And I appreciate you. Take care of yourself. And uh, let's chat soon. Let's stay in touch. Absolutely, man. Stay in touch, brother. Awesome, brother. See you, man. Yeah, buddy. Nixon, Framing Hanley. Go listen to that new album, Envy. It is amazing. Just one of my faves from them, and and a lot of them are my faves. Uh, that is the Welcome to Cooperville podcast, episode 51, now in the books. By the way, now even more ways to keep up with us on social media. Uh, if you listen to The Open, of course, you know now we are on Twitch. So uh, if you don't have the Twitch app, download it. Uh, you get a free subscription uh, if you have uh, Amazon Prime. Or if you have like Amazon, uh, you can go to your Amazon when you download Twitch and you get a free subscription. And I wish you would be uh, you subscribe to me. So look on the Twitch app or go to twitch.tv and look for No Limit Cooper. Make sure to follow. Be sure to subscribe if you can. And you can watch all of our podcasts that we're doing now live on Twitch as they happen. YouTube, we have uh, added that element in too. Before, we were just running the audio uh, from the podcast on YouTube. Now, uh, given that new Twitch element, we're now running the video of the podcast, which you can check out right on our YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Cooperville and uh, make sure you subscribe there as well so you get the updates when the new videos are posted. Otherwise, the uh, the standards, Facebook, Twitter,
Twitter, Instagram. You can find the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Me personally, uh, at No Limit Cooper Official is where you can find me on Instagram and No Limit Cooper underscore on the Twitter. So follow. Let's all stay in touch. Let's all get through this together. Until next time, I'd hug you. Oh, that's not allowed right now. <laughs>